Welcome back to another session of Better Podcasting Chats with me, I'm SP. This is a streamed and recorded casual chat, or if you want to call it that, a conversation with hobby and passion podcasters to share their experience, knowledge, joy, and enthusiasm of podcasting. Now, once this recording is over, I'm going to take the files and I'm going to turn it into a podcast. That's what we do as podcasters. Better Podcasting is a project by Stephen John Drew and myself to help hobby and passion podcasters start their podcast and make their existing projects better. And that's why we came up with the name, Better Podcasting. To start out with, I want to say a big thank you to Jason from the Smoking and Drinking in Space podcast for joining me in the previous chat. As a reminder, you can check out Jason and his co-host Rob at Smoking and Drinking in Space, all spelled out, dot com. Now, for the next few moments, I'm going to talk about my passion in podcasting, which is space. So starting out with NASA, two days ago, as I record this, the Artemis 1 Orion capsule splashed down in the Pacific, bringing a close to the 25.5 day test flight of Artemis 1. For the next two years or so, NASA will be analyzing the data from the flight systems, recertifying some Orion flight hardware repairing the Artemis mobile launch platform, constructing new flight hardware, and testing the new flight hardware before Artemis 2 10-day mission to orbit humans around the moon and back. Congratulations to the entire Artemis team and good luck as you prepare for the Artemis 2 mission and beyond. With SpaceX, the civilian crew for the Starship Dear Moon mission, which will be another mission around the moon, was announced last week. Nine crew members, including the mission financer, Yusaku Maisuya, were selected along with two alternates. Among those chosen was a YouTuber that covers space. His name is Tim Dodd, also known as the Everyday Astronaut. How appropriate. The Dear Moon mission was originally scheduled to fly in 2023, but due to delays in the Starship program, that date might slip a year or two, in my opinion. There's been no official announcement as we record this. For my other podcast, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is finishing up 2022 by covering both the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special and the X-Men the Animated Series holiday episode. The Better Podcasting main show will finish 2022 off with our annual gear update special. You can find that at betterpodcasting.com. And last week, I let everybody know that I started clearing out some of my old podcasting gear and putting it up for sale. So far, I've had no sales yet, but I'm still in the process of listing all my gear. So we'll see in the, what the next few weeks bring. Also, the holiday season is probably not the best time of the year to be selling used gear with all the sale on news gear. New gear, not news gear. So we'll see how that goes in the coming weeks. For the next hour or so, I'm chatting with the first returning Better Podcasting Chats with SP partner, Miss Cadabra. Miss Cadabra was on episode 20 of this show and agreed to return to discuss a few items that we didn't get a chance to get to last time, as well as to give us an update on her exploration of search engine optimization or SEO as it's known. Now, Miss Cadabra is a relatively new podcaster in 2022. She's a graphic designer, writer, and producer for the Smoke to Smoke podcast. Welcome back for another chat, Miss Cadabra. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? 
I'm awesome. This is, you know, the holiday season. It's hard not to be joyful, especially as you're putting up holiday decorations in the yard and, you know, struggling with the tree and, you know, going to all those parties, may having to make all the food and in, buy all the presents and wrap all the, pre- you know, it's just a terrible time of year. Oh, no, it's a fun time of year. I've already had the tree up for about a month and a half at this point, decorated with all my different Christmas gnomes. I've been um, just decorating the house a little bit just here and there. I've got all my presents wrapped. I love wrapping presents. And I'm starting to write my Christmas cards out, too. Oh, I'm not going to be doing Christmas cards this year because uh, we couldn't get everybody together for a picture. But I usually do that. That's something that's pretty cool. And I was just joking before. It's There's a lot of fun things that happen this time of year. And it just there's some prep work that goes into it. But it's a fun time of year. Oh, I was just checking you, making sure you weren't being a humbug or anything. <laughs> the Grinch who stole podcasting. No, that's not me. <laughs> so for everyone out there, to summarize from the last episode that we had, you started podcasting earlier in 2022 because your husband really encouraged you to podcast because you were listening to podcasts and you had something to say. You podcast using a Chromebook and your podcast is about getting more knowledge out about the medical use of cannabis. Uh, Yes. So my podcast, I do a wide variety of educational based topics regarding cannabis. I do um, like interviews from different people across the community where I talk to different people who own businesses, content creators that um, host their um, platform on YouTube. And I've also had some um, nurses, registered nurses on the show to talk more about how cannabis affects your health and the functions of your body. But beyond that, I do product reviews as well, just in case some of the listeners are interested in figuring out how particular strains affect them specifically. But of course, nothing I say is medical advice. It's just my research. Oh, so you're not a doctor. Are you a lawyer? I am not a lawyer either, it turns out. Oh, oh. are you an accountant? No, none of that. Okay. Those are the three biggies that come into play when we're podcasting. So it's just good to get that out. I am neither a lawyer, a doctor, or an accountant. So if you need that sort of advice, you should probably go off to somebody that's a professional in that. Now, getting back to podcasting here, uh, one thing that we didn't talk about last time was your prolific use of Instagram. And you use Instagram to make a variety of content and to find guests. Uh, yes, I've been utilizing Instagram since the beginning of the podcast, uh, probably a few weeks beforehand as well, just to promote and have the trailers out just so people can get a sneak peek of what was to come, even though the change has um, been drastic since the beginning. So Instagram has a video component. How do you utilize Instagram in its video or photo methods? Well, since I am an audio-only podcast and I am an anonymous podcaster, so I don't make um, an attempt to show my face, the closest that anybody's gotten to seeing my uh, just who I am as like in whole was when I did the giveaway on my Instagram um, recently this past week, and I just cropped out like from the from the shoulders up. So you could see that I was wearing my Christmas sweater and I was showing away all the goodies. But um, usually I just take, I become more of a hand model, if you will. And I also take snippets from my podcast and turn that into different reels and digestible clippets for people to just 
get like an interesting part of the conversation that we had and see if they if they like that maybe they should check out the full episode which i always make sure to link so they can check it out and yeah i've just been trying to utilize instagram to build traffic on my podcast even though i know that followers don't equate to listeners it does like I, I still get a little bit of traffic and I try to make connections with the people that do follow, if nothing else. So I at least have people that feel like they're part of a community. So you mentioned you use snippets of your podcast, but you are an audio only podcast. So what do you use to convert that to a video to show it, throw it up on Instagram as a reel? Uh, well, what I did was I had Headliner. It gave me about a week or two of a free trial. Uh, in the premium settings. And so I utilized that to my advantage to do a little bit of graphic design and edit how I wanted the, basically the snippet previews to look that go along with the audiograms that I make on Headliner. And for that, it has like my logo in the corner. It has the episode title along with the episode number on the bottom and large text. So you know which episode to look for. And it also kind of has like the audio waves too so you can hear when well you can see when we're talking so it's not just a completely stagnant image so there's a a little bit of moving were you happy with the headliner i was very happy with headliner now even though i'm in the free stage now i there's sometimes i have to go back with the automatic audiogram that it makes me because it just picks out random snippets that it thinks is appealing to hear but sometimes it um, picks out my post red ads and I've already got that. I don't really need that on my Instagram. So what I was trying to do is like, I usually listen back to my episode when I'm editing it. And then again, after it comes out so I can try to listen in real time as I'm doing something else and see, okay, well, what's the part of this that while I'm doing something else is amusing to me. And then I'll take that snippet and turn it into an audiogram. Have you looked at any other option out there? Are you pretty focused on just using Headliner since it works for you right now? I've tried. I think it was some option called Wave. I wasn't the happiest with it. I didn't use it for that long. It was kind of a whole bunch of complicated moving parts to it, and I was much happier just using Headliner. It had it all right there for me. And I think it has the option to like transcribe the videos you make into... Um, have like the um, text to go along with it so people can read along too. I haven't done that because that is a premium feature. You mentioned you're growing your Instagram channel. Have you seen a continual growth in the channel or has that plateaued as well? I've been seeing a continual growth in the Instagram page right now, even though I'm, I've got about like 400, no, it's, it's now 500 or so followers after the giveaway since it went up drastically after I did that. But um yeah, I just it's been going up at a, a steady amount, nothing too crazy, but maybe like 20 to 30 followers a month. And I try to um like I said in the last episode that I was here for, I send an automatic message out to them just letting them know where they can stream the episode, um if they have any ideas for if they want to throw an like if they want to throw an episode idea out at me. Uh, just to DM me back, respond to it. And I always try to respond if they respond to my message, just so they know that I'm a real person that they can have a conversation with. If they have questions, I'll try to answer them the best that I can. Of course, I'm not a professional, but I'm just somebody really passionate about my topic. 
Right. You've mentioned the break, uh, the giveaway, the breakaway, the giveaway a couple of times now. So let's talk about the giveaway. What exactly did you do for the giveaway? Who did you partner with and how did you actually pull it off? Well, um, like I said, I do a lot of product reviews on my show. And so I recently hit a kind of a landmark number, at least in the weed world. I hit 710 listeners on the show. And so the episode that I did that with a, the product review, I reached out to that company, let them know and asked if they would be willing to sponsor a giveaway with me. I would be throwing in my podcast t-shirt and a few other, like I've got like some baking chocolate molds, candy molds, uh, cookie cutters and other holiday things to throw in there as well. And they said they were more than happy to do that. So they sent all the things my way. I got all the um, packaging because I gift wrapped it and everything and took the videos of it and presented their product and sent them, well, sent listeners back to the um, review that I did on the showcase of all their products as well. So it was still like promoting them in a way while also they helped me out. And then on Instagram, we were able to collaborate our posts together so that way their followers see it as well as my followers at the same time. So when they like a post, when their follower likes a post, it's like it's drawing their um, attention to my page as well. And how many of these have you done so far? Uh, this is my very first giveaway that I've done. How'd you think it went? It went great. I was not expecting to get as much response as I did, especially right away and right at the very end. I had people trying to, well, people entered probably up until the last 10 minutes. And how many people entered overall? It was about 60 to 70 entries overall. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I was not expecting that, but I was very happy. I, I, honestly, I was happy when I got past like 25. So when you were talking to your sponsor, I guess, that's not the right way to call it. Partner, I guess, would be a better way. Yeah, just a temporary partner. Yeah. So when you're talking to your partner about it, how did you describe what you thought the reaction was going to be for your audience? Um, well, I had told them how um, well-received the episode was based off of just the immediate listenership that I got in the first week and then the weeks after that. And then they felt confident enough just based off of how many views I get on the different reels and um, posts that I make showcasing product on my Instagram page to send it out to me because they knew that if even if I showcased it out, nothing else I was going to get like probably 100 to 200 views just on that alone. And they were pleased with the results so far, or you haven't had a chance to get around back to them since you've done the giveaway? We've been communicating back and forth the whole time. They've been excited for me since I told them this was my very first giveaway. So they've just been very happy to help me out. Uh, they're a, a smaller company as well, even though they have a large, large following on Instagram as well. And yeah, it's just been nice trying to connect with other small companies and I talked with another company after that because they saw how well the giveaway was doing. So I got something in the works for in the future. I don't want to disclose too much because it's, again, in the works. So when you're going back and forth with these companies or partners asking for their partnership, are you asking for 
stock options or are you paid for the advertisement or is it just simply product placement? It's a bit of product placement. Usually they send out products for me to try and just keep and the value of the products alone that that's considered enough as payment for me just because it costs so much for these things. And considering that I'm not necessarily making the most, I'm not really making money off of this podcast. It helps contribute towards product reviews and making it to where I can build the show more. Wow. So just like we're not doctors, lawyers, or accountants, you really need a stockbroker here because I think you could make a deal with these companies to get some groundbreaking stock options off these giveaways. I think that's your way for success in the future to do that. Hmm. Yeah, because after seeing the response of this, like like I said, this ended about three hours ago at this point. So um, I would definitely like to do something more like this in the future, but I've definitely got to get a team first. <laughs> yeah, I was just joking about the stock options there. You know, when, uh, when, I know, I know. When you're dealing with the uh, numbers that we're dealing with, I don't think that stock options are really going to be a good thing, but you never know. My point one stock, my penny stocks will do just good for me. <laughs> I bought a few penny stocks over the years. As a matter of fact, one of the penny stocks that I bought was in a failed first attempt. You know, in Vegas, have you heard about the big Ferris wheel in Vegas? I believe so. Yeah, I invested in the first iteration of that, which went belly up. But I threw penny. That was my first penny stock buy. I was like, ooh. I've been out to Vegas before. I'll bet you this be big. And yeah, it was, but it just wasn't the the time that I had invested in. So it kind of soured me a little bit about penny stock, but I've made a couple of penny stock purchases uh, since then. And for those that don't know, penny stock, even though I'm not an expert, penny stock is not stock that's a penny, but it's anything below like $5 or $2 or something like that. Usually it's in the, in the cents, in the pennies, but Sometimes it's in a, a dollar or two a share before it gets out of that type of trading into more regular trading. So, yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up. So how you did this is you ask people to send in uh, that they're interested in. And then what did you do from there? Uh, well, really, I didn't start out by just bombarding these companies, direct messages like, hey, send me product. I try to establish a relationship with them first. And see if they want to come on the show to talk about their business beforehand. And this company, um, they're a little shy. So they're just like, how about we just send you product and see how that does first before we do anything? So once you've established the partnership with the company and they've agreed to do the giveaway, how do you get that message out to your audience? Well, that's when I go back to making more promotional graphics. And I tried to, I've been a few different group chats and since we've spoken last, I've tried to build more of my outreach on like discord, you know, different communities that um, involve my podcast. I've tried to talk to different Instagram groups and I've joined like different friend groups on there and I've met a lot of cool people. So I'll also like, whenever I make the promotional content, I'll put it on my story because I get a lot of people. They see my stories, I guess, because they're um, even shorter digestible bits of information to have. As I noticed, more people see that quicker than they see my, my actual main post on my page. It could also do with the algorithm as well. I'm pushing my content down to necessarily not the bottom, but not the most viewed because I'm in the same industry as people like 
Mike Tyson and Snoop Dogg. So you're most likely going to see them first before you see me. Okay. So you're doing all this wonderful promotion. It sounds like you've really expanded on that. And it sounds like it's really working for you, but you're getting the promotion out that you're giving a giveaway. So you can't just have a giveaway, get it on your podcast, and then that's it. If you want to expand your audience, you have to, to go out and promote to other places. So it sounds like you're doing it. So you're doing the giveaway. What's the process of the giveaway? How does your audience enter into the giveaway? So what I was doing, I had them like that post tag two other people and they had the option of doing the tagging people um, up to two times. So that way other people that don't follow my, uh, don't follow my show necessarily haven't even heard of me. Now they're attracted to that post and they can uh, do, um, they can enter as well. Then I also had it for a bonus entry if you were to reshare that picture on your story and um, tag me, tag the company that was affiliated with the giveaway and um, use that hashtag so I could all um, I could see them all together, uh, that that would be a bonus entry. And so really, I was just racking up entries that way through um, just tagging people, getting it's like, hey, you share with this person and that person shares with this person and kind of a hot potato effect. So you're getting people to share and you entered everybody into some sort of database? Uh, Yes. So the database that I used was called Spin the Wheel app. So it's a free app on Android. And basically every time that the person entered, I tried to log it almost immediately just so I didn't lose track of it. And also responded to their post saying like, like, thank you for entering or you've been entered something to that effect just so I can mentally keep track of the people that I've already put in the, the raffle and not raffle, but the spinner wheel. So basically after I've gotten all these names collected, that's when I hit the randomizer button on it. So then it jumbles up the order of all the entries that I got. And that's when I was able to hit the um, spin the wheel option. So it shows the wheel and like um, a big broad view across my screen. And I um, screen captured it, recorded it so that people could see in real time who won. So they felt like it was fair. Okay. And you did this live where? It wasn't necessarily like a um, live stream. I just did like um, recording on my phone as I was spinning the wheel. So I just mean live in that regard. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you have all these people entering, you throw it into this database, this spin the wheel, and you cut off the entries at a certain time. Is that correct? Yes, I cut off the entries at 4.20 p.m. 4.20 p.m., no more entries, and then you could spin the wheel after that. And you don't have to worry about people with their entries lost in the ether or anything like that. If you haven't gotten them by 4.20, you're not counting them. Yes. Okay. And also throughout the week as well, I was making sure to send it out to people, um, just my different followers so that they were able to see that the giveaway was going on because it is hard for them to see some of my content sometimes until days or um, even a week later. And if they saw it a week later, it would have been too late to enter at that point. So I was just trying to make sure everybody saw. Okay. And then you got your winner. How did you notify your winner? So basically, that was another thing that I put in the post as well. I put a whole bunch of disclaimers on there saying that I was the only account you were going to be receiving a message from. You weren't going to receive a message regarding you winning the podcast before the time. 
that I had established on that the initial post. And I also, when I, when I posted on my story who the winner was, I made a little note at the bottom that I would be reaching out to them within an hour to DM them. And they saw the post uh, because it tags them immediately once I tag them in the story. And from there, I just reached out to them to get their shirt size because I'm getting the shirt custom made for them that I designed. And it, it's one of my friends that screen prints them. But yeah, after that, that, I'm going to get the shirt made. Once that's done, I'm going to send it out to them. Well, great. And you contacted them and you said they have to send you $200 in order to prepay for all the shipping and handling, right? Oh, no, 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 no. They don't have to worry about the shipping. It's not um, an overwhelming cost. But I also limited this to um, within the United States only because I didn't want to worry about somebody in like France winning. And then I'm stuck with a decent, hefty shipping cost. The reason I said that was there's a lot of scam artists that go on the comment section of YouTube. I don't know if it's proliferated to Instagram right now, but they will go in Instagram. They will spoof the account that you're on. And, you know, with name changes or character changes or something like that. And they will say, congratulations, you won. You can give me a, a DM or I don't know what it is on YouTube. You can contact me and then we'll arrange to get your stuff. And of course, it's this normal scam stuff of, OK, you need to give me $250 in order for you to win this $2,000 piece of, I don't know, podcasting gear or whatever. And it's not the original channel and it is not kosher whatsoever. Because if you send the money, you're never going to see them again. It's total scam. So that's what I was referring to there. I was making a slight joke there, but that's why I said that. So it's great that you're not asking for any shipping. I have done giveaways before myself and I have never asked for shipping because if if I'm doing a giveaway, I don't want the person to have to pay for it at all. That's, it's, that's just. I don't know. It's like going on a game show and having to pay tax or something. <laughs> I think that actually you do have to pay tax or um, it counts towards what you've made that year. You're absolutely correct. And that is kind of a, hey, I won $5,000, but want, want. That brings me up in a tax bracket. So I lose $4,800 of that right away. Exactly. That has happened before. That is an issue on Instagram as well. There are people making a lot of spoof accounts, but luckily, um, fingers crossed, I guess I'm just new enough to where I don't have, nobody's paying enough attention to me yet to where they want to make a spoof account. All right. So you mentioned that you had somebody that was doing your screen printing. You mentioned in the last podcast that you had your own branded merchandise and we failed to talk about that because I failed to be a good host and follow that up. And that is one of the things that I want to talk about. So you have gotten a bunch, for lack of a better term, of merchandise that you are giving away or selling from your podcast? Uh, yeah, it's kind of I'm just giving away the merchandise right now because it's exclusive things that I'm making. The T-shirts I'm getting screen printed from the dispensary that I um, go to for my medical cannabis. But um, as far as like the water bottles, the mugs, the um, mouse pads, sweaters, all that stuff, I try to host a monthly puff and play, which is a game show segment on my podcast. I just recorded that this past Sunday. And basically, I just invite previous guests as well as people who are fans of the show that I've connected with that 
frequently reach out, respond to um, just different segments or different topics that I've talked about, respond to posts and just really show engagement. And so to show appreciation, I just like, hey, come and play some games with us, have a good time. And then whoever wins at the end of it, I'll send them a water bottle or they'll have a choice of one of the two prizes that I've made specifically for that event. Because I tried to make a special one specifically for like that month. So like for November, uh, it had like, I think it had some turkeys on there. It had pumpkins for sure. Uh, I replaced the O's with pumpkins. For Christmas, I've got the little um, Christmas lights on there. The color schemes changed. And I, I just try to mix it up and um, add a little, just a, a little bit of thank you back for the listeners for sharing the show. Because I think I am a really highly shared podcast. I don't have the statistic on me right now. I can look it up and tell you in a few moments, though. That's all right. I was just wondering what kind of merchandise you were having made. So water bottles, you're making water bottles. And what else have you made in the past? Uh, Yeah, water bottles, sweaters, mouse pads, T-shirts, hugs. I've done notebooks and basically it's this service that I use called Canva and um, you can make whatever they've got the base template for on there and just design. You have to make the design yourself, but that's what I use for most of my graphic design. So when you have stuff made, it's basically since you're doing it as a giveaway, you're only doing one or are you doing like 10 or something like that? I am only doing one of that item. So you get one of the item every month and then you're giving away. Are you ever looking at getting an inventory and selling it or using something like Canva to sell it directly to your audience? I have not considered. Well, I've actually, I've considered that a, a lot. That's, I don't want to go ahead and lie first and say I hadn't considered that, but I just don't think I'm ready for something like that at this point. It's already a lot on me to try to run the social media and the podcast and doing all that recording. So I think on top of that, trying to run like a store aspect of Smoke to Smoke as well, I think my my mind would explode right now. (laughs) Okay, that's all understandable. So another thing we talked about last time around was search engine optimization, and you were very interested in the concept and wanting to learn more about it. I know this is a very short time between when we talked last time and now, what, about five, maybe six weeks, something like that. And you probably haven't had a time to really delve into it, but you probably had a chance to learn a little bit about it. So do you have anything to share about what you've learned so far about search engine optimization? I've learned that if you go online and look for search engine optimization, a lot of the information you'll find is geared towards podcast trying to monetize. However, if you're trying to look for something specifically, just trying to connect and build your audience and make it to where you're easier to find, I've just kind of been picking and choosing from what I've heard from different people as far as just trying to um, get reviews on your show. The more reviews you have, the higher rated your show is, or the more people that rate, the easier it is for other people to find your show the easier it is for you to get lumped in with, oh, um, people who listen to this show also listen to shows like this. 
And then your show might show up within that tag of just being in the catalog for long enough. Also being sure to put yourself in as many different podcatcher apps as possible. Just get out there, get that RSS feed in as many different um, places as you can. And then also making it to where I think on my link tree, I have it to where it's just the RSS feed raw too. So if they want to take, if they want to take it themselves and try to upload it into their own podcatcher app, whatever they have, if they can't find me, they can do it that way. And have you implemented anything that you can point to success on yet? Um, well, the one thing that I was hearing about as far as gaining a lot of eyes on your community, your platform, and is the giveaways. And that's the one thing I can say I got success from. So it comes back to the giveaways is a part of SEO. Yes. All right. Well, it sounds like it's a winner for now. I'm interested to hear six months from now what changes that you've been able to make that has given you better SEO so you can be at the top of search charts, basically, and and you can rank higher to get uh, people that are looking for something like your show and find that. Now, one of the things from SEO that I've heard is you want to point people back to a website. And from our conversation before we recorded, it doesn't sound like you have initiated anything of getting your own website yet. No, not yet. Okay. And is there any reason why you haven't wanted to do that? Or is it simply you just haven't had time? I have not had time yet. I'm right in the middle of moving. (laughs) you're podcasting and moving that's that's awesome that is a time burner right there (laughs) (laughs) yeah it just it's kind of hard trying to balance everything and it's the holiday too so there's just a lot going on i want to wait until i've gotten into the new place gotten everything settled down gotten my own little new podcast recording space set up and then think about that and i was also thinking about if i really need to take a break from releasing the episodes or just do a whole bunch of batch recording. So I have stuff to put out so I can take time to focus on um, working on the website. It's something Steve and I have not necessarily turned the corner on because we've always been believers of it, but we take at least a two week break in the holiday timeframe just to not do any podcasting. Unfortunately, leading up to that break, if we wanted to, generate additional content to have during that time period that means you're actually working harder in the weeks leading up to it coupled with the fact that steven always wants to do this big extravaganza at the end of the year these big fun projects for him they're fun projects but i just think that the wrong time of the year because you're in the middle of trying to do all that holiday stuff that we're talking about at the top of the show and integrating with family and stuff like that and your time available to do these fun projects goes down to nothing at the same time that you're trying to cram like two or three podcast recording and production into the space that you just had the one. So I would recommend if you do that, you don't get additional content ready for the holiday period. You basically take the time off and your audience is going to take the time off too. statistically what you'll see 
is right around the middle of November. So podcast listening then goes down. And then in the beginning of January, podcast listening goes back up for a variety of reasons. People are back to work or school. They're also interested in self-improvement or trying something new or getting more knowledge on something. So they start looking at podcasts to listen to on the subject, or they're being more active in the gym or walking or driving around doing whatever they're doing, and they have more time to listen to podcasts. So the statistics generally go up in January. So there's nothing bad about taking the time off around the holidays. As long as you have content ready to go, or you know you plan to start producing content again right after the holidays, seems to be a sweet spot. Take the time off during the holidays, but after the holidays, hit it pretty hard. So that's one thing. The other thing is what we just did on Better Podcasting, the main show, is we took a hiatus. And when we came back from the hiatus, what we said is we're going to produce in seasons. Because just keep on going every week. There was like a formula back in the day, 10, 12 years ago on podcasting. If you go every week, you will continue to insert yourself in somebody's routine and you will continue to grow and then keep that audience over time. Now, the detriment, if you have a weekly show, like you basically have a weekly show with extra content and we have a weekly show with better podcasting. I have a weekly show with Legends of Shield. What that does is there's no break in that. You keep going week after week after week after week and it turns into year after year after year after year. I've been podcasting for more than 10 years. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been going on for nine of those years, at least. And Better Podcasting has been going on for six of those years because we started in 2015. It's 2022 right now. So, yeah, these things just keep on going. And there is no off ramp for a show that's designed to run every week. Now, if you're doing an audio drama, those are typically in seasons. And if you're podcasting about a TV show on only a TV show, those have integrated seasons in there. You know, if you're doing a media review show, those are okay. As long as you take the time off in the off season, you can do some extra content, some special content, but you need to take time off in the off season. So what we've now recommending is for hobby podcasters, that's podcasters that have another full-time job is to take time off for a few weeks at least to do different seasons. There's a lot of different reasons for that, one of which is burnout on you. And if you don't have any time to catch up, then you're constantly getting behind. And it turns into a drag. It's not fun anymore. And we're hobby podcasters. We like having fun. and. Having those seasonal breaks allows you to recharge your batteries, not just one time a year, but maybe two or three times a year. And then you come back and you're hitting content. You have a a chance to think about the content that you're creating and have a chance to focus it on something, have fun with it, line up products to review in your case and get sponsors or partners. And I just think as a hobby podcaster, without a team behind you, you kind of have to utilize that. Now, do you have to absolutely do it that way? No, there's no rules in podcasting. But if you go into it saying, I want to podcast for the long term, you're just going to have to take some breaks. Like, what if you wanted to take a vacation? 
what are you going to do? You're going to have to pre-make content for the week or two weeks that you're on vacation, right? So the time leading up to the vacation, you're burning yourself out even more. And it's just not beneficial to anybody. So anyway, I think that seasonal podcasting or taking that break is very important for somebody that is a solo podcaster or a hobby podcaster that's not doing it for your full-time job. This is this is extra fun, basically. Yeah, I've just like with the way that my episodes are, I've kind of trying to been figure out like what is the end look like? What does the end of a season look like on Smoke to Smoke? I haven't quite figured that out yet, but I have been taking a couple week breaks, even though my listeners have not really noticed that because I've been pre-recording content to where I have that and still put it out in the meantime and schedule my post on Instagram to where they're still going out in a timely manner. So it looks like I'm active online when it's really just all kind of pre-recorded, pre-typed up and just going out. Okay. And, um... This pet, like this, this advice you're given, like it, it, it ruminates really because I've done an episode recording every day for the past five days, uh, trying to catch up and <laughs> for the holiday and make sure that I've got enough content into the new year. And I haven't had the burnout just because it, like, I'm at this point, I'm early enough in the process that I'm, I've still got enough content to cover and, uh, I've been able to meet with enough people that this is still all very exciting. I'm not burnt out yet, but I know if I were to do this for a 52 week straight, 10 years straight, I might be just a little bit tired. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get, uh, you basically burn out is the term I would use more and more of the podcasters that I know that have been podcasting for years and years and years, they do get burned out or you see a reduction in the quality of their production. They just, I guess phoning it in is one way to look at it, but I think they're just not capable of, of being that creative that long. And it's a weekly podcast, even TV show people that have talk shows or radio hosts, they even take vacations, right? So they, they take time off and, and it's their job, right? So that helps Mm -hmm. that they're not doing their job at night or, or whatever. So, yeah, I think as a hobby podcaster for and better podcasting, we largely talk to other hobby podcasters. I think that's something that we're recommending going forward is is think about that. And you brought up an interesting question. What does the end of the season look like? I don't think it really needs to look like anything other than this is the last episode that I'm covering for a while. I plan to come back at such and such a date and we'll hit the ground running again. That's one thing that we talked about when we went on a hiatus for better podcasting is make sure you tell your audience what your plan is going forward. So they don't think that you're just going to stop and not come back. And Mm. while that could be an option, you could say, well, this is the end of the show. It's the end of the season. Uh, We're reserving the right to come back, but you know, this might be it. If you think in terms of TV shows that have quit, I don't know if you watch TV or not, but if you think of terms of TV shows that have been canceled, and they've gotten canceled with a cliffhanger at the end of the season. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. You're going to leave me hanging yes. there? <sighs> yeah. You don't want to do that to your audience because you might come back with either the same podcast or a new podcast and you don't want your audience, which have come to know and like you, you don't want to make mad or anything. So you just be honest mm-hmm. with them. Tell them what's up. The audience that you want to come back will come back. Yeah. And that's what we found out with better podcasting. Our audience did in fact come back. 
and we were shocked at the percentage of of those that came back. And we're going to talk about it in the future, but uh, it's going to be a few more months before we hit it. So anyway, I've talked a lot. I'm sorry, but yes, uh, taking a break is is instrumental in hobby podcasting. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the breaks that I've been taking, like I usually, I talked about this last episode too. I come on, uh, I, I do a couple weeks where I'll batch record um, that weekend. And then there'll be a few weeks where I have the weekend. I'm just kind of restless because I don't have anything to do. To re- I don't have any recordings to do. I've already been caught up. So it's been nice to like, I've been kind of taking, I've kind of been taking breaks still even though I've been recording and kind of taking breaks within breaks. Yeah. I mean, that'll work too, as long as you're not burning out getting into the break. No, I try to stick to like this weekend was probably a major craziness. I don't do this too often, especially now with the one episode with, that had like four guests on there. But usually I try to stick to three interviews at the weekend at most, but usually it sticks to like two. So when you have four people on your podcast, how do you deconflict their over-talking each other? Uh, well, it was the game show episode for that. So oh, they, okay. had the, yeah, they had the buzzers. Yeah. We talked about that before, didn't we? Uh, I believe so. But um, yeah, it, like if it were just a regular conversation and that had four people that didn't have their cameras on, I feel like it'd be a little bit chaotic. Yeah. Yeah, it can be. Okay. Is there anything else that you've been thinking about that you just didn't get a chance to share last time or you thought about since last time that you want to share with the better podcasting audience? Let's see. Cause I, I got some notes. So I'm just looking through, make sure I didn't forget anything. I guess like for me, one thing that's worked for me most has been connecting with people in person with my business cards. Okay. Just reaching out local. I've got a very wide local listenership with my podcast. And that's all thanks to just being able to go to different places that have, like, I'll go to different smoke shops. I'll go to, like, places that people eat that typically, like, if you, um, if you smoke, if you smoke a doobie, you might want to go there. And so, like, leave some uh, business cards and Taco Bell, you know leave them um, <laughs> different places just to um, draw eyes because I have very, very colorful logo. So that I don't have problem um, gaining attention that way. But on the back of the business card, since a lot of people these days like QR codes, instead of typing in links or trying to um, get type in a, like a hyperlink, I've got um, like my main website, which is the link tree for now. I've got that on the um, back of the business card. I've got the Instagram's link tree on there and just a little blurb about what my podcast is about, the logo, and um, those have done really well. Okay. So just like I'd suggest maybe if you've got that type of podcast or if you're trying to build more of a local outreach, business cards might be a way to go. Okay. Well, I can see that. I know local podcast. We don't talk a lot about local podcasting. We've talked about it before on Better Podcasting, but we haven't done it ourselves. I'd be interested to talk to a local podcaster. And I guess you're kind of a local podcaster, even though the reach could be. Yeah, there you go. You got two two, uh, things right there. But I would think that if you were a local, that, yeah, business cards would be big, especially 
if you meet your peeps in person, right? So, okay, you have business podcast uh, business cards, but you're anonymous. Are you anonymous to the people that you meet? Uh, the people that I meet are the only people that are aware of the podcast. So it's just I like I try not to wear my podcast shirt anywhere near my job, uh, not because they would have an issue with it, but still. I don't want to necessarily um, just for my own personal reasons. I don't want to um, have cannabis associated with my work image. So, um, really, for me, I my husband he has a custom shirt too that I made that I got screen printed, and he wears this shirt almost all the time. And he's got this thing too where he doesn't like matching either. So if he's wearing his smoke to smoke shirt, he doesn't want me wearing mine, but. He goes a whole bunch of places and there's even been some people that I've walked up to. I'm like, Hey, I know that podcast. I listen to that. He's like, Oh, that's my wife. But he doesn't give him my name or anything, obviously, but yeah. Okay. So you're just trying to stay away from the job. Are you worried about that? Is somebody from your job actually seeing your gear or whatever, and then turning you in? No, I mean like everything I'm doing is completely legal. Uh, Cause I don't recommend trying to start a podcast. If you're, what you're doing is illegal. That's kind of just like, why are you promoting yourself on um, an easily um, traceable platform? That doesn't really make sense. But um, I just, I've had um, one of my friends that I work with and she was like, hmm, I, I came across something. I was like, oh yeah, what did you come across? She was like this, this interesting show that gave me quite a chuckle and she's kept it on the down low. So, I mean, people do find it. I just don't want everybody to come up to me and just be like, yeah, man, talk about weed. Like, I just want to have a conversation with people beyond cannabis too. All right. Well, it sounds like you're well on your way. Well, cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for spending another time with me tonight. And I look forward to hearing about your great success in the future. But is there any place that you would like our Better Podcasting audience to know where to find you? Uh, yes. So last time I told you guys to find me on my Instagram, but I probably should promote my podcast. So the Smoke to Smoke podcast in between the time I was on here last and now is now available on Apple Podcasts, which now makes me much easier to find. So I'm on there and all of the platforms associated with it as well as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, iHeartRadio. And of course, you can go to the Instagram page where in the link in the bio, I've got all the available platforms right there because I've got CastBox and a few other ones I haven't named as well. Well, that is something that we don't talk about much on the show yet. And I've been thinking about it whenever somebody comes on. The general rule of thought when you're giving your at the end of the time, what your call to action, we'll call it the call to action is, is do one call to action because you want your audience to be able to remember where to go. And you just okay. gave me like 10 or 15 or something like that. And if I know of one, I'll be like, okay. And if I'm on my phone at that point in time, I'll go directly to them. But <laughs> if they're like out walking the dog or, I don't know, running or something like that. They're not going to be grabbing their phone, but they might remember one thing, right? That is true. And so generally, 
That's one of the reasons why we recommend people get a URL for their podcast. Mm -hmm. So you can just say, go to smoke to smoke.com and you can find all of our content there or something like that. So that is another reason to get a website or just buy the URL and point it to like your media web host of where your podcast is. Either way, it's a benefit when you're trying to tell somebody where to find you. And not that what you said was bad. Like I said, there's no right or wrong answer in podcasting, but it does make it easier for the listener. Ah, okay, okay. You got a fair point there. And I might be able to help you out because I do have a link tree where you can find all available platforms. If you like, I can spell out the um, URL for you. Well, okay, that, that would be good. That would be a start. So go ahead. Okay, so it's Linktree slash Smoke to Smoke, and that's going to be L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Smoke to Smoke. All right, there you go. Well, thank you for coming on again. We appreciate all your keen insight as you're genning up uh, what is apparently a very successful start podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me again. And thank you for spending your time with Miss Cadabra and myself for the past hour. If you like content like this, please subscribe or follow whatever your podcatcher app of choice is. Stephen and I would greatly appreciate it as being the two people in charge of better podcasting. Now, tomorrow night, Stephen and I will be recording episodes 267 and 268 of the Better Podcasting Main Show. That will be a regular episode and then our end of the year gear episode, which is always a crowd pleaser. And this was the last Better Podcasting Chats with SP planned to be recorded in 2022. Next year in 2023, I will be picking up the recordings with Chris Jones, a.k.a. Jonesy from the Cantina Cast. It's a Star Wars podcast. And we'll discuss his journey and experience in podcasting, including taking over an existing podcast. In the meantime, join the podcasting conversation on our Discord server, betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. You can find both Stephen and myself there every day. See everybody next time. Bye.